0: and welcome to episode two, God's Design for the Family. With me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Let's open up in prayer for our time together today. Aaron, would you lead us in prayer?
1: Yes, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you for the opportunity to come together and to look and see what your word says about such an important subject, Lord. Um, we thank you for your design for the family, Lord, and we pray that in all things we would submit to what you have shown us lord knowing that all that you do is good lord and we just pray uh, for families as they are under attack lord in every direction lord and i pray that um, godly families would stand up um, and live for your glory and praise your name and all that they do lord bless our time together give us wisdom Mm -hmm. and may your church be edified and your name be glorified and we ask that above all else in Jesus name we pray amen amen Amen.
0: welcome gentlemen welcome back to episode two glad you could join me again Um, and we're going to pick right back up where we left off the last time um, we were together and I'm reading again straight from our website and our focus today is the family and so let me read this and we'll get started God has ordained the family as the foundational institution of human society. It's composed of persons related to one another by marriage, blood, or adoption. Marriage is the uniting of one man and one woman in covenant commitment for a lifetime. It is God's unique gift to reveal the union between Christ and his church. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are like the arrows in the hands of a warrior. Family is the primary place where children are discipled to know and love Jesus Christ and thus sent into the world to make him known. Jonathan, kind of start us off here um, as we get talking about the family and God's purpose for it.
2: Yeah, uh, well, as Aaron said in his prayer, I don't think there's anything quite under attack like the family is in our society today, and our statements, you know, pretty bold and in your face what we believe, and it will come against what society says about marriage. Immediately, um, but I, I would I would start by saying first and foremost why we build such a biblical foundation for marriage um, between one man and one woman, uh, seeing children as gifts from God is because both of them, both marriage and children are gifts from God. They're they're both from Him, and I think back to Genesis two where you see the first marriage, you see what happens is when when god sees all that he he's made he he sees that it's not good that man should be alone and he's going to make a helper fit for him so he forms you know eve out of adam's rib which is interesting and <laughs> and in this when when adam wakes up he sees eve and he knows that above all that's what's so crazy to me is above everything else he didn't know anything about eve right he he didn't know who she was, what she was like, if she was a good cook or not. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> none, of, none of this She he knew about Eve, but what he did know was God provided her for him and vice versa, mm-hmm. which is really neat to me. Mm-hmm. And so to see that it's a gift first, I think is really important because the world doesn't own marriage, God does. And mm-hmm. I think that's really the foundation for where I would look at it is so if God owns marriage, what does God say about marriage? That's where I would start.
0: It's interesting, and I wrote, I jotted this down earlier. Uh, the same God who spoke galaxies into existence. He split apart the land from the sea, separated light and dark. He did so many things. Amidst all of that, he had family. He thought of family, just like you said. He had Adam. It's not good. Something, something else needs to happen and brought Eve along. So I think right off the bat we see this initial importance on the family.
1: No, definitely. And I think what's what's clear is, is the abject rebellion of our time as every role has been not only distorted, but um, just mocked this, the biblical roles of the family, how a husband is to love his family and his wife, and his kids and, you know, just what it means to be a biblical wife and how children are to honor their parents. I mean, every area, it, it seems to be mocked or, you know, disrespected when, obviously, as as Johnny just said, I mean, it's, it's God's plan. You know, it's His design and His designs are good. When we leave those designs, that's when we come into a lot of the issues we see today.
0: It's almost like it's a smack in the face today to be a biblical wife to be a biblical woman as God created it. Why why do you think that's the case? What what do you think causes that ideology instead of respecting who God made a woman to be? It's almost as if that's not enough.
1: Well, I think I think we find a, the idea of submission as offensive. You know, we've we've made it very offensive when what I always say is if uh, obviously, scripture teaches us in in uh, Ephesians 5, Ephesians 6. This is where you'd look at for these things. But um, the submission of the wife to her husband as he loves the church, you know, he's to love her as Christ loved the church. Um, not a big deal if your husband's loving, you know, you as he loves the church. But at the same time, we also see in scripture where um, a wife's Um, virtuous attitude can lead her husband to Christ if he's lost. And so just being that picture, and and what I always tell our people is if the idea of submission bothers you, then you're not reading that entire passage because it talks about Christ submitting to the Father. Mm -hmm. So if submission is a thing that's below you or degrading to you, then you're devaluing the very work of Jesus Christ.
2: And in that same passage, it also talks how we're to submit to one another, all of us, which is interesting. I mean, so no one is above submission, just the roles look different in what family is. And it's a good and perfect thing. And um, I I hope I'm not stealing any of Gary's thunder. I don't, but but I think one one of the big things when you talk about this, is in our society, in our culture today, it's it's wrong to understand that that you have weaknesses. And so for women to submit to their husband is to admit I have a weakness that my husband has a strength in. But we're failing to see the other side that my wife has strengths in my areas of weakness. I'm sure you all would admit the same, yes. if you're smart at least. <laughs> and, and I mean, when I'm talking... In, in premarital counseling with, with couples that, that I'm counseling before they get married, we, we talk about this as receiving your spouse as God's gracious gift to you in order to complete you in areas that you're lacking. And that's, that's a beautiful thing when you think, and so you're seeing someone's strength as an area that completes your weakness, but then you're also seeing their area of weakness as an opportunity for your strength to complete them. It's a mutual mm-hmm. completing and that's, our society doesn't like that because we want everyone to look the exact same where God designed us and created us differently and uniquely in order to help one another, um, especially in marriage. But we see that everywhere and in the church. Uh, same thing. You know, we're not all eyes. We're not all arms, but we help complete one another.
0: Gary, I'm going to throw it to you because I saw your uh, oh. your highlighted verses there. I'm going, to, yeah. I'm going to come to you. I didn't want to steal your thunder, but i am kind of peeking
3: at your phone there while you've got some stuff highlighted. Go ahead and chime in for us. I just, um, what I would say is I think there's, again, just reiterating what my brothers have said, uh, there's no institution that is being, a, that is under attack like, like the marriage of a husband and wife. Um, God ordained um, as his design It's for one man and one woman to be united together in marriage. Um, Bible says, uh, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And that goes deeper than uh, just sex. It goes much deeper than that. It's, It's emotional, spiritual, that's why sexual immorality is so destructive. Mm-hmm. Like it destroys that, the sanctity of that union between that, that man and that woman. Um, just the, um, to go further into the oneness that God designed that to be, you can even look at the Trinity. The Trinity being the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three are God one god and three distinct um beings or um that um yet they have different roles and that's the same thing with a husband and a wife uh just Jesus him Jesus said the father and the father and I are one in uh, John uh chapter 10 um talks about uh, Jesus saying that he and the father are one uh, yet Jesus submitted to the father in perfect obedience and the Bible says that wives should submit to their husbands in everything even as, Christ, even as the church submits to Christ like we, um, we mistake that for somehow the wife or the the woman is, um, beneath the man, but just like the Trinity, you know, they are equal in every way, the husband and the wife, mm-hmm. they simply have different roles, mm-hmm. and that's so under attack, um, you know, with, uh, same-sex marriage, um, uh, divorce, rampant divorce, it's, uh, you know, even within the church. And uh, to me, the one of the number one issues of today's time, sexual immorality, mm-hmm. is just destroying uh, what God created to be a beautiful picture really of Jesus Christ to the church. Mm-hmm. Amen. The church submits to Christ, just as wife submits to the husband, but they're equal. You are, the husband and wife are equal and um you know it should we should reflect our marriages should reflect that picture yeah.
0: culturally i think there's just been a huge devaluing of of marriage and you kind of mentioned it um you know as not important or something that you can get into and get out of as you See fit, and, you know. Maybe you're having a bad week, and you just call it off or whatever. Uh, why? Why do we? Why do we see this devaluing? Is it a? Is it an issue that churches haven't proclaimed the word of God correctly, or been able to? Um, I, I don't know. Put that. It, put that mindset of yes, it is a mirror of um, the. The church in Christ is that something that we've missed as a church, as a whole, to put in the minds of young people as they grow up, so that they see marriage and family in that light.
1: Well, I just think this is another place where the society and our world around us has done a better job of discipling us than we have them. Mm-hmm. Um, we we see that well, you know, as soon as the introduction, I believe in the '80s of no fault divorce, um, well. Uh, now that it's easier to get out, um, you know, I'll just follow my lust. Like, like G was talking about at sexual morality, which is the the heart of most of it. Um, Once I'm bored, I move on. Monogamous commitment um, is not looked upon as highly. It's, it's you're getting all that you can now, you know, and finding your joy. It really doesn't matter about dying to self or, or submission to a higher authority or plan. It's all about your lust in fulfilling mm-hmm. and fulfilling that. And that's what we've missed in, in many areas of life. We see so many people struggling with the idea of marriage. And, and it's simply because they've denied Christ at the very beginning. And like G said, it has happened in the church is what's sad. And that's because we're not truly following the word that we say is our standard. Um, God hates divorce. There is forgiveness for those who fall into that, and we praise God for that, but it says he hates it. It's one of the things he despises. So when we look at our mate, when we're in Christ, we see them as someone who's been forgiven as we have. And so just as we must go back for grace through our Lord, through the cross, that's how we can build the idea of having grace for each other and being forgiving for each other and bearing with one another because because that marriage is a picture of the gospel wouldn't you say Johnny?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of echo that in a maybe a little different way is one of the one of the big problems that I think we're struggling today is because we we don't hold marriage in honor, high honor and like you said, Aaron, it's the problem is the culture around us is discipling us, not us discipling the culture. And so they see marriage and go, oh, that's cool. But then they don't follow the designer's design for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were talking to our youth about this in uh, February. And we we talked about, especially in regards to sex, we we will devalue sex when we devalue marriage. We'll devalue marriage when we devalue God. And... Mm-hmm. I think of Hebrews thirteen four. Let let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge us sexually immoral and adulterous. And, mm-hmm. and we read that and we go, well, that, that's a scary thing. But if we value God, we value the designer and love the designer more than the gift he's given, then we would then learn how to properly value the gift. And that's when a good picture of the gospel happens is when we love God so much that we don't get married just because the person is nice, or she is a good cook, or he is really cool, or he will make some good money. It, it, we want to get married because I believe that with you, I will glorify God better than I would alone. And, and unless that's not the reason, your marriage is setting up on a bad trajectory. You're not, you're not setting out in a good position and I think that's what's really important is start by valuing God. what we told our students was pursue holiness above all if you're pursuing holiness, you won't waste your singleness you'll you'll date with a proper tra- trajectory, and your marriage will paint a beautiful picture of the gospel
0: and, and that, mm. I don't want anyone to get us wrong that's difficult right because of what's going on around us yeah sure um, just to constantly be focused, but I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have your eyes set in the right direction, it puts you on the right trajectory. Mm-hmm. I do want to move a little bit um, and head towards the children part of that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, be fruitful and multiply. And the, you know, we can say that. Um, clearly, Jesus Christ himself could have come any way possible. He came through a family, through a virgin birth. Um, so the children aspect of this also is is pretty important and part of God's design. Uh, so somebody just kind of kick us off talking about children and I think, and I read it, I don't need to read it again, but the whole arrows in the hands of warrior thing, I mm-hmm. think that's pretty mm-hmm. solid. Yeah. Um, so whoever wants to kick that one off, go for it.
3: Uh, well, the, you know, we believe children are, um, as stated before, uh, arrows in the sense that um, children that are raised in a godly home And are equipped um, for ministry, teaching, evangelism, Um, you know, um, when they grow up and become adults and have their own families, um, they are in a sense um, cast into um, society and Uh, are um, like warriors for Christ become warriors for Christ they are uh, uh, you know Bible says uh, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right honor your father and mother this is the first commandment with a promise that it will go well with you that you may live long in the land Um, now how how do children um Obey parents, right? Um, they obey parents by, um, you know, because it, it goes further and says, "Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord." Um, kind of what Aaron, what Aaron said before. If your wife knows that. You are loving her as Christ loved the church uh, she will want to serve you she'll be want she'll want to submit to you. That's the same with your child if your child knows that that child is your world that you love that child and you love that child unconditionally, that child is more susceptible to to obey to um uh, out of out of love obeying your parents, and then that also means at times um you know parents have to discipline their children, um discipline and instruction of the lord uh, but that kind of ties into the church too discipline of the church like we um you know it's our responsibilities as fathers to discipline our children, but discipline them in the way to where it's not, um, it's not pushing them away. It's, it's, it's letting them know I'm disciplining you because I love you, mm. not because I want to hurt you. There's a big difference. Mm. Um, but to go back with what I was saying um, about arrows, uh, you know, when you raise a child in this manner, that's why I went there. <laughs> Um you know that child grows up in such a such a way to where that, that person is equipped for ministry for uh whatever that looks like ministry just you shepherding your family um you uh shepherding a small bible study or even shepherding a church like whatever it is, whatever that looks like, whatever God has in store, whatever God has planned for you like that's what um that's what, to me, that's, that's the role of parents and to the children is raising them up in a godly home uh, to equip them for their ministry.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And uh, what I would say is, it's such a huge responsibility because of the way children are viewed today more as um, a bummer on my lifestyle, more so as a hindrance. Of what I truly want to do, um, and it's sad. Uh, you know, I praise God for Johnny and Kara and their willingness to open their home and many others uh, to those who are without homes, without love. Things that we've taken for granted, most likely uh, being raised up in, in good homes. You know, where we had a place to stay and meals. Um, but our responsibility as Christian fathers, I I thought marriage was tough, but nothing has been more difficult for me than being a dad nothing has showed me more of my own weakness than being a father but my my privilege our privilege is to teach our children what it means to follow christ in a godless society Amen. um and there's there's challenges either way with girls showing them what it means to actually be a girl um that there's beauty in their design. They don't only have value if they do things that guys do. There is beauty in their uniqueness and the way that they were created. And they're they're purposeful in that. God has a plan for that. And our responsibility um, is raising young men. I've got two little boys at home. And in a society where men are feminized and they're weak and they don't understand what it means to lead, they don't understand what it means to not just simply take what you want and move on and not be committal. But I, what I want to teach them is to go out and to take Christ in every walk and every area of life to bring Him glory and to be able to stand no matter what comes up against them. And that's that's not only my great responsibility, but that's my privilege.
0: Absolutely. And Amen. I think it goes back to the reason we're doing the podcast, the reason we're here as a church, is to equip believers to make disciples. Yeah. Well, our our first disciples should be coming out of our homes. So you agree with that? Yeah, right. I mean we we've got the we've got the ears there to hear, watching us, watching our every move and, mm-hmm. and that's where we need to begin and, and that's a challenge given again everything that's going on around us, um, to stay focused on that yeah, task at hand.
2: Yeah. I would, I would just say a simple way I would look at it is children are a wonderful gift.
0: Amen.
2: I guess a it is a good thing to have children mm-hmm. and <laughs> going back, I tell all the couples that I I have the honor and privilege to to counsel before they get married, God has designed for you to have children, whether it be biologically or through adoption or through foster care. There's so many opportunities to have children. And the reason why is it's a great reward as Psalm 127 says, but it's also a weapon against the enemy. And we want to be, we want to be people raising up in our homes, as you said, Bobby, disciples, followers of Jesus. And sending them out and letting them go and trusting that God will use them wherever they land. And so I, I would say yes. that. And then on the other side of that, just as men, as husbands, aren't off the hook, You know, we, we always talk a lot about you know wives should submit to their husbands. As, as we've stated, husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And, and Christ leads his church into holiness. And so the husband should do that for his wife. And so there's huge responsibility there. Same goes for parents. Parents, for children, as Gary said, should not provoke them. I think of Psalm 103, which is a well-quoted verse, but it's beautiful when you think of it in light of what it means to be a parent. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so, does, so far does, does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear them. So parents are charged and, and called to give a good picture of who God is for their children, knowing that it won't be perfect. And as Aaron said, nothing will quite reveal our weaknesses like, like fathering children, parenting children. But what we do is when we fall, we go, I need the Jesus who you need, and he will make you whole, and he will, he will make you holy. And so that's what we're called to do is give our children great pictures of of christ Um, because you're painting a picture either way Um, unfortunately for for many they have bad pictures of who god is as a father because they don't have great fathers and i pray that god will raise up a bunch of godly men who give them great great pictures of who god is absolutely can i just add something real
3: quick because it's just on my mind like i got in my um weird way i use a lot of acronyms (laughs) <laughs> so um, I have this LPPP love protect provide and pray mm-hmm. like you do those things as a as a dad or as a mom you know and um, and the children um, will feel that they know that they, children know when they're being loved and when they're not being loved mm-hmm. they, they, they absolutely know
1: Amen. Well, yeah, no, I. When Johnny was talking, I was thinking about um, one of the. What was one of the most difficult things for me, but has been the most fruitful, is going um, to my wife and going to my children, um, and humbling myself and asking for forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, because what they don't need, and I think that's where most parents mess up, and most kids normally they'll look to their parents with like a God complex at the beginning. And when, mm-hmm. when they see mom and dad as a wretched sinner, just like them, their worlds crash. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of parents facilitate that. We want our kids to look at us in a certain way. We want them to hold us in a certain esteem. And that, that's biblical to a point. But we need to do as Johnny said, and that is point them to the need that mommy and daddy need Jesus every day. Amen. You know, we may have the appearance of superheroes to you, but we're, we are weak and we fall. And because if we point them to being just like the, us, we'll, we'll make them just like us, but we will not prepare them to walk as Christ has commanded us to in the scriptures. So I'm um, just thinking of those things. I mean, the beauty of the design, how a husband and wife come together One husband, one wife, come, become one flesh. They're made together. No one separates them after God's brought them together. And they bring forth the miracle of childbirth, the beauty of that, and how our picture of loving our wives is the way Christ has loved the church. I mean, just the summation of all of that and the beauty of how it points to the gospel and the hope to the world. Um, it's one of the greatest areas of defiance that we can do in a dark society mm-hmm. is to raise our kids, teach them to love Jesus, and walk faithfully with our spouse throughout the world.
3: Mm-hmm. Amen. That's good.
0: So just to kind of wrap up what we've been talking about, uh, first of all, we can all agree that the family is definitely under attack. And we could spend probably hours in here talking about um, experiences or, or ways that could help remedy it Um, But we do all agree with that and that it's important that God put some sort of importance on this family thing right from the beginning, referencing back to Adam and Eve. Um, We discussed that the husband and wife relationship is a mirror for Christ and his church and the importance of that. And that the church must disciple um, the importance of family more than the world does. And I like that statement. Um, We get discipled a whole lot by the world and, and we've got to stop that. Uh, That we need to raise up disciples in our own home, and create enemies of darkness, so that they may spread the light of Jesus for generations to come, Uh, Mm -hmm. just like that was commanded in Scripture uh, multiple
2: times. Mm -hmm. And so,
0: fellas, any final thoughts as we kind of wrapping up episode two, um, God's design for the family?
2: Yeah, if I if I could just maybe sum up my thoughts of like, what is the purpose of the family as far as? How God has designed it I would say kind of three things and it's not comprehensive but how I would think of it to multiply and fill the earth we've done a decent job at that but I think of this and especially in the Christian worldview I think this is something that Muslims are really good at Uh, they they care a lot about this I think the birth rate for Muslim is like eight children per family unbelievable and I mean that's how it spreads so well for them, for Christians, especially in Western culture, it's like 1.8, which is not sustainable. And so we need to be multiplying and filling the earth through through birth biologically and through adoption and foster care. We need to multiply and fill, fill the earth. But that would be one purpose, to make disciples, which we talked about. Take Deuteronomy 6 seriously. Like know that, know that our God is one. Know that we should love him with all our heart, soul, and strength. And then we should teach that diligently to our children day and night wherever we walk when we rise when we lie down and then i would say to make missionaries uh, we don't just want them to know who jesus is and to follow jesus just because oh, i want my child to follow jesus we want our child to follow jesus who makes more followers of jesus and goes wherever jesus would land them mm-hmm. and uh, whether it be to the corner of the earth that has never heard the gospel Or it might be at the school lunch table, but Mm -hmm. uh, we want to make missionaries uh, in our homes.
1: That's exactly what it means Mm -hmm. to shoot out those arrows, right? Mm -hmm. You equip them and shoot them out, Mm -hmm. and the gospel spreads through their faithfulness.
3: Amen. Any others?
0: No, sir. If not, Gary, would you close us in prayer, please?
3: Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, for this day, this time, Lord. I thank you for these men that are here today, Lord. I just... Thank you for their hearts, their willingness to serve, Lord. I thank you for the church we go to, Lord, that we attend, Lord. uh, The corporate body here, just uh, the believers we have here, just love one another, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that we continue to love one another, that our love grows, uh, Lord, as um, we grow in our faith, Lord, and uh, as we grow together, Lord, I just uh, pray that you uh, continue to work in a mighty way, Lord. And um, Lord, I thank you for this uh, opportunity we have to uh, be able to um, uh, get out this information in such a way, Lord, that's uh, readily available to people. Uh, Lord, I thank you that we're able to do that, that we um, can have the ability to do that. Lord, and I, I pray that, um, that today's episode was just a, a blessing to others, Lord, that, um, that uh, you will use it in, um, to encourage others to build each other up, Lord, for the faith, and most of all, Lord, for your glory, in your name we pray.
0: And thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you don't have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. If you're outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.